0: Well, it's a, it's a real privilege to introduce Nicola Tancock. Um, I've known her for many, many years, um, from the beginnings of Catch the Fire. She, she's been to Toronto. She's a Christian, really, and so that's really encouraging. And we've been involved often on all these all, all all these years. And I've never seen a girl who's so passionate for Jesus Christ. Um, and the way that she just has been to so many different places, she's been a great initiator of new stuff. She had been involved in in, in getting things off the ground. And this whole move of the spirit that began 22 years ago, she's been involved in initiating so many situations, not only in the UK, but in Australia, and as well, as you'll hear from Philippines. So I just want to, Nicola, it's great to have you here. And I want you to give her a very warm welcome. Could you do that? Oh, thank you. That's a really lovely welcome. So uh, good morning, welcome. Uh, it's lovely to be here. Thank you, for Mark and Cheryl, for inviting me and for all of you as well, welcoming me here. Um, a little bit about myself, I grew up in England. I grew up in Barnstable in North Devon. And, uh, At the age of 23, I went to Toronto and lived in Canada, in Toronto, worked at Catch the Fire Toronto for five years. Four of those years, I was actually the PA to John and Carol Arnott, which was a whole other story, but it was an amazing, amazing time. And then God led me back to the UK in 2005. I set up Catch the Fire UK, uh, which was a ministry that would go to different churches and encourage them and, you know, speak about the Father's love and about uh, forgiveness and restoration. It was an amazing time. And then God called me to Australia in 2011. I've been to many different countries. Uh, so in 2011, I moved to Melbourne, Australia to work with Catch a Fire again in, in Australia. And then, then God led me to the Philippines in 2014. And this morning, I want to talk about, you know, about being led by the Holy Spirit, about you know, surrendering your lives and surrendering your plans and letting God have his way in your life, which You know, it sounds really exciting, doesn't it? But it's actually really hard, yeah? Because uh, we have lots of plans and lots of plans for our lives and lots of things we'd like to see happen, but God also has plans for our lives. And as often we have to give up our plans for what he wants, but I believe that what he wants is greater than what we have planned for our lives, And, you know, I turned 40 this year, so I'm very young. And (laughs) I look back on my life and I go, wow, God, I've loved my life. I would never have planned this for my life, but I've enjoyed it. And I've, you know, enjoyed what God has done. And this morning I was just remembering that everything I am, everything I have is because of Jesus, not because of me, not because anything I have done, apart from said yes to Jesus. You know, but everything I have and everything that has happened in my life, every good thing has come from the Father you know so i can only give glory to him really you know and the people along the way that encouraged me but that's all been part of god's plan so this morning i want to first of all give him honor and glory because it's not about me it's about what he can do through us right and being available to him and you know and also just being willing to be led by the spirit Being willing to give up your plans, your purposes, your thoughts—you know—being willing to give them up and allowing Jesus to to move you, the Holy Spirit to lead you and direct you where He wants. And for some of you, that will look, you know, different to other people. And I want to say, you know, what I'm going to share this morning is God's call on my life. It's what He has planned for me. My life is going to look very different to each of your lives because God has got a purpose and a plan for each of you. And so don't look at my life and go, oh, wow, wow, wow. You know, she's done all these things. That's God's call on my life. That's what he has for me. But he has something different for each of you. And what he has for you is just as amazing as what he has for me. So please remember that. You know, I don't want people thinking, right, I've, to be perfected for God, I have to go and give everything up and move to, you know, Philippines. No, that's, that's what God's asked of me. But what he asks of you will be different. Where he leads you will be different because he, he made you the way he did for a purpose. And he's put you here in Cambridge for a purpose. He's put you in this church for a purpose. So listen to what he has for you. Don't look at your life and compare it to mine. We, don't, we shouldn't compare our lives to each other. You know, we are unique. We are made uniquely by God and have our own purpose and our own destiny. So I just want to say that to begin with, you know, because I don't want people looking at me thinking, oh, to be effective for God, I have to go to be a missionary. No, no, not at all. You can be effective for God here in Cambridge, here in this church, as a parent, as a, as a person, you know, um, as a worker in wherever you're working. You can still be effective for God. It doesn't matter about which country you're in. It's about the heart of what your heart and what Jesus has got for your life. Is that okay to say that? I just felt like I really want to say that because sometimes you hear people come and they give these amazing testimonies of what they're doing all over the world and you think, oh my gosh, I've got to be be just like them. I've got to do that for God to love me or for God to be pleased with me. No, 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 no. He loves you and he's pleased with you right now. He loves you right now and he's pleased with you right now. But he has so much more for us. And so whatever that looks like for you, just say, God, I choose to allow you to lead me and direct me in my life for the call you have on my life, for the purpose for my life, so that you can bring glory to him. Okay, <laughs> so just before I start um, well i 've kind of started haven 't I, but just before I go go and continue i 'm going to share a bit about what i 'm doing in the Philippines, and just a very quick thing, we have a, a group of ladies we uh, my, my business partner and I from Australia, we set up a, a business helping women in India and the Philippines come out of human trafficking and coming out of poverty, so we 've been teaching them how to sew, not that I can sew, but we 've got people teaching them how to sew and make items, and so over here I have have a bunch of beautiful things that are mostly made in the sewing center in the Philippines where I'm working. So I have some beautiful little pearl bracelets and some like little coin purses and makeup pouches here and some clothing. So please come have a look. It, all the money goes back to our business to help more women. So I just want to say that before I start because I'll forget. So, but you can have a look and come and ask me questions. So I want to read first of all from uh, Romans 8. And uh, I think all of us, I think, um, will know that God calls us sons and daughters, right? You know that you're a son and a daughter of God, that he loves you like children. You're not slaves, we're not servants, but we are sons and daughters. That's our position. And one of my kind of life verses is really is Romans 8:14. For for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So I want to talk about being led by the Spirit And because we're children of God, we're led by his spirit. And I believe that where he leads us, you know, sometimes there are great moments of victory and sometimes there's great times of struggle, isn't there? Times where you kind of go, what, God? You know, but if we're led by the spirit, you know, we're sons and daughters, you know, because... He leads us to where he wants us. He takes us to places where he has plans and purposes for us. Sometimes we cannot see those purposes when we're in the middle of them, but I always believe that there's a greater purpose. And I'll start when I was living in tr- in. In Melbourne, Australia, God sent me out to Australia to go and work with a catch a fire team out there. So I spent a lot of time going to different churches and ministering and helping people kind of come into a deeper revelation of who God is, His awesome Father heart to us. You know that His His plans and His purposes, our identity in Christ. Like I love it. I love taught, teaching. I love seeing people's lives change by the power of God because that's my testimony. You know, all of us can testify God has changed us, right? And the The more we know about him, the the more we realize how amazing he is and how much he loves us. And it changes us. So I spent a a lot of time in Australia just going different places and visiting different churches. And in my heart, I was settled in Australia. Like I'd been there three years. I was settled. And I was about to move to Sydney. I was living in Melbourne. I was going to move to Sydney and plant Catch the Fire Sydney, a church. I was really excited about that. I loved Sydney. It was a beautiful place and very excited to be part of that church. And in May 2013, in the midst of all those plans, we took a mission team up to the Philippines. I'd been to the Philippines four times previous, had a a great connection with some churches there, especially in Cebu City. And... This particular trip, we went to Cebu in and Cagayan de Oro. And at the end of the trip, I had added a few extra days on for a personal trip to go and visit a church that had asked me a number of years ago to come and visit them. They were a church of young people, young professionals, and, and young students. And the pastor had said, whenever you are in the Philippines, please come and visit. So a friend of mine and I kind of went off to kind of visit this church. And, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect, but I got there. And God was in that church, you know, and like, he's in most churches, but there was like, he's in all churches, but he, there was a presence of God that I just had not experienced before that really impacted me in that church. And those three days in that church with the people changed me, changed my direction. I got back to, to Australia and, you know, in my heart, before I left, I was going to stay in Australia. I was like, I was actually applying for permanent residency. Like I was, my heart was in Australia. I go on this trip and come back and my heart's no longer in Australia, it's in the Philippines. And I'm like, God, I don't know what's going on, but I have to go back. I have to go back. And, and that causes problems sometimes because I'm, I'm working in Australia. Like I have a job. And, you know, they're expecting me to do these, uh, these, this teaching, and I love teaching, and they want me to stay in Australia, and I'm going to move to Sydney, I'm going to be part of the church plan. I have plans. And then suddenly, it's like, Holy Spirit changes my heart, changes my direction. And the picture I saw at that point of my life, to try and make sense of what God was doing, was I was like in this boat, and I was rowing with all my might towards a goal. That was where I was going, and I was determined you know I'm a determined person and I'm rowing with all my might and I just see like Jesus step into the boat take my oars put the sail up and lead the boat in a whole different direction and it's like the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to lead you somewhere new, not somewhere that you weren't expecting. And through a lot of prophetic words and a lot of encouragement and a lot of seeking God, you know, that verse in Romans, God, I'm your, I'm your daughter. Lead me by your spirit. I don't understand, but I want your purpose, not mine. So I had to give up my dream of living in Australia. And it was a very beautiful place for those of you who have ever been there. It's beautiful. And I had to let go of that. And you know, and I, But I knew that God was doing something in my heart. I knew he was leading me and directing me to a new place. And there's a, if you've read the book of Ruth, I love the book of Ruth. It's beautiful. And the beginning of the book of Ruth, you've got um, Naomi, who's lost her sons and her two uh, daughter-in-laws, you know, are they, she's leaving them. She's going to go back to Bethlehem. And, you know, you know that Ruth is so determined to go with Naomi. She goes, where you go, I go. You know, your God would be my God, my, your people, my people. And God spoke to me really clearly. He said, you know, Ruth was willing to let go of her culture, let go of her way of life, let go of all those things that were familiar to her, all those comforts of home, all that familiarity all the language, all the culture understanding. Are you willing to do the same? Are you willing to let go of your culture, let go of your comforts, let go of what you know, of your familiarity? Are you willing to let go of that for a greater purpose? Will you go where I go? And I said yes you know and i had a prophetic word actually from isabel Allen. that said you're like ruth i see god like put you like ruth you say to god where you go i go you know you know what you do i'll do and you know i'm thinking that's really amazing because that's what god has been asking of me you know so through those prophetic words i knew that god was leading me to the philippines like i just knew it in my heart and it was so surprising but again if we're led by the spirit you never know what god's going to do you know you have plans but you see, when you lay your plans and your desires down, you know, God takes you in a whole different place. And so you know, through a number of confirmations and, ta- and even a visit, I took a six-week trip to the Philippines unpaid to try and see, what are you saying, God? And I knew when I came back, this was where God wanted me. But I had a problem in that, you know, I like to honor the people I work with. I I, I think it's important to have a good relationship with the people I work with. And so I'm very nervous because they've put a lot of effort into me. They've put a lot of energy and they've put a lot of investment into me. And, you know, we're, we're going through the permanent residency process. And here I am now saying, I don't think God's calling me to Australia. I think he's calling me to the Philippines. And so I fly back into Melbourne and my heart has changed. I'm like, nope, Melbourne is not my home. And I just knew in my heart, this is not my home. And I'm like, but I am like, but I have this job, and I, I have an opening. I have an opportunity to stay here. God, give me the passion for Australia. Give me a vision for Australia. Give me this passion. Give it to me, God, so I can do my job wholeheartedly, so I can honor my employers, I can honor my bosses. And it just wasn't coming. It wasn't happening. I'm like, God, come on, you know. But... I so I arranged to have a meeting with my you know my boss. Um, beautiful couple called John and Pauline they're actually called Arnott. John and Pauline Arnott. so that's amazing they're Australian they were my uh, overseers my pastors my uh, my bosses I guess in Australia and uh, they'd been away to Canada they'd been to Toronto a bit they'd met up with Duncan and Kate Smith and John and Carolina all those people who oversee catch the fire and they'd been talking about me about my role and I didn't know any of this and I come back to meet them they said let's let's talk and I'm really nervous and again I pray this prayer you know I didn't know what else to pray but Romans 8:14. you know God it says in your word that if you know that those who are led by the spirit are the sons and daughters and I'm a I'm a daughter so I'm just gonna be led by your spirit can you just Holy Spirit will you guide us in this time I don't know what's going to happen I don't know what your plan is I really believe I'm meant to be in the Philippines I don't know how that's going to happen because I want the blessing of my pastors I want them but they may not understand you know they may not agree with me I want a blessing and so I just said Holy Spirit guide me lead me you know, that's all I can say. And I went into this meeting and I sat down and they looked at me and they and the first question they said, What's on your heart, Nicola? Where do you want to be? What's your heart? And I'm really surprised. I'm expecting them to say, Right, let's get to business. What are we gonna do this year? And it wasn't. It was like, What's on your heart? What's your heart? And I just shared my heart with them. I said, I, I really feel like I'd like to be I said in Asia, you know, kind of making it very general, you know, in Asia. You'd like to be do more in Asia. And they go, well, how about the Philippines? Would you like to go to the Philippines? I would love to. Yes, yes, yes. We really feel from God, and John and John and Carolina and Duncan and Kate all say the same thing. We really feel from God that you should be in the Philippines. And so with our blessing and with our support and our sending out, we want to send you there. I mean, I'm like sat there absolutely amazed because I did not expect the conversation to happen like that. I thought I was going to have to you know, get some excitement about Australia. But God kind of, he went before me and he made that relationship good. He gave me the blessing I was after. And so in May 2014, you know, with their blessing and their support and their kind of backing, I left. I, I, I set out to this new adventure in a new nation and a new culture. And, you know, I'd been there before, so I knew what I was going to. But You know, when I had my plans and my thinking of what it was going to look like, I had, you know, I'm going to this church in Dumaguete. There are young people. There's about 30 or 40 young people in this church. I can be like a a mentor to them because they're You know, most of them are in their 20s, and I'm, you know, 30-something at that point. I can be like a mentor to them. I can help them. I can bring all this teaching into the church. And the pastor had said to me, okay, this teaching on restoration of the heart and forgiveness, please, we need that. Can you come and bring that to our leaders? So I'm really excited. Okay, brilliant. God, you're going to use me in the Philippines. Yes. And I go there. And how many of you know sometimes that what you expect and what happens are two different things? Yeah? Yeah, okay, it's not just me then. So I had great expectations and great oh god this is going to be amazing. I'm going to have like the time of my life. This is going to be amazing. No. Because I get there and the church is in chaos. The leaders are all fighting each other and you know and there's division and there's disunity and there's stuff going on in the church which is horrible. And I'm kind of getting it all from the leaders. They're telling me everything all their problems and I'm like, this is not how I planned it. So I was trying to do this teaching and they don't want to hear it because they're all angry with each other. And, you know, in the end, you know, very long story short, you know, I stayed in that church for about a year and a half. And I, the church, the pastor left, you know, had to kind of go on a sabbatical for a year because of some of the things that were going on in the church. They kind of just sort of said to him, you need to take a break and get your life sorted out, basically. And so the church leaders were left to kind of run the church, but they didn't know what to do. And but they wouldn't ask me, so I'm kind of stood there going, okay, I'm here, I can help. And they're like, no, 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 it's okay, we don't need your help. And I'm like, what do I do? And I'm feeling like useless. And I wasn't expecting that. I kind of had these great plans of what God was going to do. And a year and a half later, I'm like, God, what's going on? You know, I come here and what's my purpose here? You know, and sometimes we do, don't we? We have expectations of what something's going to look like, and then we get disappointed. Because it doesn't turn out that way. It doesn't turn out how we expect. And so I just said, God, what is going on? Like, I don't understand. I was like crying. I don't know what I'm doing here. You know, I'm hopeless. I'm useless. I can't do anything. And, you know, all this negativity was coming up. That's it. I'm a failure. I failed. And, And, you know, and just God just spoke to me. He just said, you know, do you believe this is where I've called you to be? Well, God, yeah, I believe I'm meant to be in the Philippines. I believe you called me here. You know, so I had to come to that place just to just be at peace, you know, because, you know, I've called you here and you know that I, I you know, have a purpose for you here. And I spent a lot of time going back and forth to Cebu City where my friends were. And they're an amazing couple. They're called Robert and Sarah Cuenca. They are pastors and pastors they're Filipino pastors, they've been pastors for now 29 years, and they have a big heart for the poor, they have a big heart for education, educating children, they have spent a lot of time, you know, raising support from, usually from the US, to get children through schooling, because schooling and education is the way out of poverty, because these kids are trapped in poverty, and they will grow up in poverty, and they won't get work, they will just kind of, you know, they'll just do manual jobs, and it keeps them in poverty. So they had this great vision of getting children through schooling um, and encouraging them in their studies and maybe getting them through university as well so they can get good jobs, which gets good money, which can get their families out of poverty and it's really working. They're seeing the benefits now after, I think about 20 years we've been running it and they're seeing the benefits now. We've had kids just graduate high school, graduate college and now earning money and helping their families and their families are being lifted out of poverty, it's amazing. They have such a community sense there. It's like you help your family, it's not about you, it's about helping your family. So they've got a big heart for the poor and so you know, I spent a lot of time in Cebu and they're very honoring of me. And I always knew when I went to Cebu, like. God, are you calling me to Cebu at some point? He says, where I'll be. And he said, not yet, not yet, not timing. But yes, you will be in Cebu, but it's not the time yet. So I knew in my heart I would end up there. And we had the sewing center in Cebu. We'd set it up with the pastors in Cebu. We'd be working with some of the ladies in our church to try and help them have an income so they can provide for their families. And... And so on this time, I was praying, God, you know, God, lead me, guide me. Where am I going? I don't think, I think you're closing the door in Dumaguete. This has not turned out how I expected. I'm disappointed, but guide me and lead me by your spirit. Where do you want me? Again, like Holy Spirit, you know, guide me. And I went to Cebu this time on this trip. And, and I felt, and I just thought, there's something significant about this time. And the, the pastor, Sarah, asked me, she goes, oh, how's Dumaguete, Nicola? How are things going? And I said, well, I'm kind of bored. You know, I've got no purpose. I'm not sure what I'm doing there. And I just shared my heart. And that was all I said. And, and I didn't think anything of it, but she talked to her husband that night. She must have done, because the next time we have dinner together, he asked me, he said, Nick, would you come and be our youth pastor in Cebu? Would you come and pastor our young people? We need a youth pastor. And I said, yes, I'm coming. Yes. And it was like, let me pray about it first. But I said, I really feel that this is from God because I've been praying God you know, show me where to go. And I just knew in my heart that this was it. And so, you know, with the blessing of my pastors back in Australia and just really sensing this as God's move, I kind of said yes to them. You know, I said yes. And I gave myself six months to kind of finish off and do my because I had some commitments with people I really wanted to see through. But I really knew it was right. And then, um, you know, I've moved a lot in my life and I kind of like to get established, and you know, and I find it hard sometimes to uproot myself. Does that make sense? You kind of just get somewhere, and this has been two years now at this point, and I'm like, I don't feel ready to move yet. Like, in my heart, I'm not ready to move, I don't want to go. And I'm kind of doubting my decision, but I'm like, I can't back out because if I stay in Dumaguete, I'll be bored. And if I go to Cebu, I'm going to be nervous, you know, go, oh my gosh, what's ahead of me? Do you ever worry about what's ahead? You know, you go, What is what am I doing? I'm crazy, and I'm just praying, God, you know. I really don't want to go. I'm kind of happy I don't want to go. I'm settled. I've I kind of put my roots down now and I don't want to go. And I just feel like God said to me really, you know, gently, what if what's ahead of you is greater than what you've left behind? What if what's ahead is going to fulfill you way more than what's happening now? And I'm like, really? Really? It's going to be like that? You know, like and I kind of thought, okay, okay, if it's going to be better, I'm happy with that. Because sometimes I think we fear that when we have to give up our plans and our purposes and give up our comforts, uh, we kind of wonder what's ahead. We kind of wonder, is it going to be any better than what we've left behind? You know, I kind of wonder whether the Israelites felt like that, you know, like when they let go of, you know, their slavery, you know, they kind of were excited about going to the promised land, but the reality hit them. What am I doing? You know, we've just left behind slavery, but we're in this wilderness. And I kind of wonder if they ever saw... The, the bigger purpose, the kind of what, what, what they could have had if they'd been obedient, you know. And I think sometimes we're like that. We're unwilling to let go of what we've got because we're afraid that what's ahead is not as good. But actually, you know, God was saying, what if, what if? And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll test this out. I'll try it. You know, and the, the guys in Dumaguete had become like family to me. They'd become like my, my sisters, my brothers, my kids, you know. And, you know, and it'd been like family, and they got a very strong emphasis on family in the Philippines. It's like they, all their culture has revolved around family. And I had this picture that God was showing me that you know, you've come from a family. It's like a bridge. And on one side of the the bridge is the family in Dumaguete, where you'll always be part of the family. And the other bridge is like the family in Cebu. And And I saw as I crossed over the family in Cebu welcoming me and embracing me and becoming like family to me. And you know what? That's exactly what has happened. So I kind of trusted God. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to Cebu. I don't know what's ahead of me. I'm afraid. I don't know what it's going to look like. This is whole, very different. The, the church in Cebu is very different to the church in Dumaguete. The, the people are very different. It's very different. Dumaguete is a beautiful city to live in. It's really beautiful for the Philippines. It's, it's just gorgeous. It's like really nice and relaxed and it's quiet and Cebu is like second biggest city in the Philippines. It's full of poverty, full of noise. People are everywhere. Like you can't get any peace. You know, like there's peace and quiet and nice and Dumaguete, and then busy, 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 busy. You know. So where would you rather be? Let's be honest. You know. But um, but what's happen- What happened was just you know what God's promise was that you know what I left, what I let go of, was nothing compared to what He's given me. And he's so true that I have a family, that God has placed me in a family. He put me in a family there. And, you know, so sometimes we worry about what's ahead, but I found that he's just been amazing to me. Like, he has kept me going. He has given me so much compared to what I've let go of. And so my role in their church is I'm the youth pastor of about 35 to 40 young people in their church. And when I first got to there, I'll be very honest, when I first got to Cebu, I thought the church was awesome, and then I found out there were lots of problems again, and the church split again. So I kind of go there and go, oh, God, what, what, why have you brought me here? You know, like, why? I've got, you know, we've been through a church split in Dumaguete, which is what happened just before I left, and then another, another church split here in Cebu, like, this is, what's going on? But actually, again, God turns all things around for good. He turned this church bit around for good, because as soon as these people had left, the Holy Spirit came back to the church, and the Holy Spirit has been really moving in our church, and the, whole, and the church has grown in numbers and grown in spirituality. Like we started off when I went back after I had a five-week trip back to the uk last may and when i came back in june it was like a whole new church it was amazing but they're all babies you know like there's no mature christians and all the mature christians had left so it's just me and the pastors with the maturest christians in the room and we had babies so we had to learn how to you know help these babies mature in in Christ, and I had like all these young people. What do I do with them? And I just pray, God, help me, help me. And they have just been amazing. We had no worship team, but these guys just stepped up and learned how to play instruments. And just we had some help along the way, but then our help kind of left. And these girls just said, right, if we have to, we'll just keep learning the instruments and we'll just be worship leaders. And they've just done amazing. Like I've just seen this real ability to step up and to, to trust God and to give, give God their abilities and give God their talents. And God has multiplied that. And we have a beautiful worship team now, just of, of those young people that have said, yes, God, I want to be used for you. I want to learn how to do this. I want to give you my talents and my, my giftings. And... You know, I've got some beautiful testimonies of what God has done with these youth. Um, I'll just share a, a couple really quickly. But, um, I, you know, the, the stories, some of the stories that the young people tell me about their home life can be quite sad because, you know, they, they live in poverty, some of them, and some of them have not had the, the best home life. And there's a family in our church, and their father is quite abusive. Um, he can get drunk, and he can be physically abusive and verbally abusive. And so these girls have grown up in this environment. And, you know, my heart would go out for them, really. They'd tell me stuff that had happened. Oh, my, my heart would be like, oh, my gosh, God, how, why can't you let this happen to them? But in the middle of that, like, I would just, the eldest daughter was our worship leader, is the worship leader, and I've got a good relationship with her, and she would come and spend a lot of time with me. So I was really able to just speak into her life. And we we're talking about her father, and I said, okay, Let's think about the good things about your father. I know that he gets drunk and he beats you and he hurts you, he said, but what is there good about your father? Is there something good you can tell me about your father? And she said, Well he's really kind I said, Okay, you know what? That's who he is. He's kind. I said, That's who God made him to be. This other bad stuff, that's not who he really is. He said, that's just what sin is, that's the effect of sin, that's the effect of his upbringing. I said, but who God made him to be is kind. And, him, and I actually met the father, and I thought he was a lovely, kind man. And I actually, my, it's just his background. He'd, you know, he'd been, a, I think he'd left home very young, had to, you know, grow up very quickly, no parents around, no family around to support him. So he's been, you know, really bereft of father and mother love, you know, so, and he had her at a very young age. And and they had to get married very quickly because they were, you know, she was coming along. So it was quite a difficult situation. You know, the father's life has not been easy. So I have a lot of Probably a lot more, lot more grace, I think, when I hear people's backgrounds, I can understand, okay, so there's been a lot of hurt here. So I just said, look, let's just pray for your father. Let's just call out the good things in your father. Let's just see the good things in your father as well. Like, and so we're just really encouraging her to do that. And I don't know, you know, sometimes you wonder if people listen to you. You know, Do people listen to me? I say these things and I hope that something is going in. But on the... Um, the day that I left, they did a sort of a little party for me, and they kind of gave me some encouragement, and they, and this girl said, Nicola, you know, you know, you're the only person who's ever told me to love my father. It's, you know, you've helped me to understand the good in my father. You've helped me to see the good in my father, and it's really helped me, and I was like, thank you, Jesus, you listened, and thank you, Jesus, that you worked through that, and well, after I've been away, there's been, you know, there's, there's a situation with the family, and I was um, I've been trying to keep in contact with them to make sure they're okay. You know, like, they've become like my children. And I, and, and, um, I found out that the mum and the dad had separated and that the father had become abusive and the mother had left the house. And, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, come on, do something here. And then the, the middle daughter calls me and says, you know, Atty Nick, they're gonna, my parents are separating. My mum's going to this city. My dad's taking us away. He won't let us come to church anymore. And I'm like, what? No, these kids have to be in the church because they're, they're part of our church. And, we, you know. and I just said, okay, let's pray just pray. Pray that God will change his heart. Pray. So I kind of got off the phone. I said to my mom and my, a few friends who were at the Revival Alliance, The grand people. Okay, let's pray for this family. Pray, pray, pray. So we prayed. And I just reminded God, these girls have prayed for their father and they want to see change. They want to see him come to know you. So come on, God, it's time you answered their prayers. Come on. You know, they've prayed for their father. You have to show your power. Come on, show them that you answer their prayers. And I say these things and I don't know, I, I kind of say things and I think, God, are you really listening to me? Will you answer my prayer? But I'm like, I, I want to see something happen in their lives. I want to see that they know you answer their prayers. I want them to know that you are God who answers and hears them. Anyway, you know, I'm not expecting anything big. I'm just being honest. I wasn't expecting anything big to happen. And I get a message on Sunday morning saying, you know, Nicola, the family that you were concerned about, they've been restored. And I'm like, what does that mean? What? I don't understand, you know. So I messaged the eldest daughter, what's happened? What happened? She goes, my father came to church. My father came to church. He's never come to church. And the mother and the father have backed together. God's reconciled them. And the father has been at church every week. It's about six weeks in a row. He's been at church. Like, God is doing something. God heard their prayers, you know. And it's like, I get amazed because I'm like, God, you you are amazing. You listen to us. And the girls were really encouraged. They're like, wow, that God heard our prayers. Like, God is so good. I'm like, yes, he is. Yes, he heard your prayers. And so I just got so excited when I heard that because, you know, when you leave, you kind of think, oh, are they going to be okay? And I just thought, no, see, you just tell them to pray. Keep encouraging them to pray. Keep encouraging them to see God come through. And I was just, I can't wait to go back and hear what's going on. And I've got a real heart for their father. I want to see their father saved. I believe that's what God's heart is. I'm not sure if he's done, prayed the prayer yet, but he's in church. That's a start. But I want to see that father saved. I want to see him restored. I want to see him being the best father he can be. You know, because he is a good dad. I know he is. He's got it in his heart to be. It's just that sometimes with life circumstances, you know, what we've had thrown at us in life causes us not to be the best person we can be. But God sees through that. And he sees who that man is. And he sees the father that he is. And I said that to the girls. See who God made him to be. Call that out. Remind God of who he is. And remind yourself that is who my father is. And, you know, like, I'm just, I just can't wait to see what's happening, you know. And I just believe that God is you know, God's going to do greater things in our youth. And you know, another another girl as well, she was going through some, she was having like nightmares and having visitations like demons in her room. I was like, and it was an amazing story because I knew something was going on in her life, but I wasn't exactly sure how to approach the subject. Because sometimes the English, they speak English, but sometimes they don't understand. And sometimes they're very, they're quiet and they're shy. And this girl was quite a shy girl. It's very difficult to try and get anything out of her. I say, how are you? I'm good. How's life? It's fine. Uh, You know, uh, okay, how's school? Fine, Auntie Nicola. Um, How's your family? They're good. Okay, all right. (laughs) So one word answer. So I prayed. I said, God, I'm meeting up with this girl, Jessa, and I know there's something going on in her life. I'm asking you to go ahead of me and prepare a way for me to talk to her. I want her to open up. I don't know how you're going to do that, God, but I really feel there's something going on in her life. And amazingly, I I was with her and her friend. She just opened up about what was going on. Like, I didn't force anything. She just opened up to me. This has got to be God. God, wow, you're amazing. And she was having, like, nightmares, visitations of demons in her room. Things were going on that were really strange I'm like oh my gosh this is really scary so I I go okay right well tomorrow after church we're going to pray about this we're going to pray we're going to pray that that stops and I go back and I call my friends who are RTF people Sue Mick, help me what's going on I don't understand you know I'm so grateful I've got some friends I can just call and go help help and they gave me some advice. Anyway, after church, I grabbed these two girls because the other girl was also having some problems with, with similar things. I said, right, we're going to pray because remember, I've been teaching them that Jesus' name is powerful. Like, you know, his, his name is the name above all names. So if you say the name of Jesus, nothing can stand against that. So I'm trying to teach them that, you know, in the, in the spiritual realm, Jesus' name is the highest and the biggest, you know, trying to remind them we have serve a powerful God. And so we just prayed. And we pray that, that whatever was going on in, the, in, in her room would stop and there would be no more demonic going on, no more bad dreams, no more things going on. And, you know, we pray for the other girl as well. And I left, you know, they left. And I thought, well, we'll see what happens, I guess. And I honestly, I'll tell you, I have so little faith sometimes. Do you understand that? Like, I pray these things and I don't expect them to happen. I'm being honest. Right? Anybody else sometimes like that? yeah 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 oh, she, oh that's okay then because I feel like you know but I do and I was thinking ah, uh, you know she, nothing will change I saw her next week how is it actually Nick no more no more no more dreams no more bad dreams no more demonic nothing all good are you sure are you just being polite because Filipinos are very polite you know they'll tell you what they want you want to hear are you sure you are being? no no actually no, no no more no, no no it's finished I said to this girl, I said, can you go and find out from Jesse if that's really true, that she's not just being polite to me? So she goes and asks, no, it's no, no more. It's, it's finished. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, one prayer and it's dealt with. I was thinking I have to do spiritual warfare, go around to her house, but no, one prayer, no more. Isn't that amazing? Like, and again, these girls and these guys in the church are seeing God move and seeing God answer prayer and realizing who he is. So I'm really excited, and I'm probably talking too much, and I probably need to stop now. But, you know, <laughs> but I've just got you know, a couple other things to share. But, you know, you know about being led by the Spirit, we, you know, as you can see, my life has been led by the Spirit. And, um, but sometimes, when it, you know, it's not so easy. And there are times when we get discouraged, right? Anyone's been through times of discouragement in their lives, yeah? And, you know, the dish time last year, I was ready to quit. I'll be honest. I was ready to come home. And pack my bags and come home. Because I was so lonely. I'm out there on my own and only just recently met some foreign missionaries. Thank you, Jesus. That's my answer to prayer. But it can be really lonely sometimes. And you can get discouraged. And you can feel like, what am I doing? Am I actually making a difference? Am I actually doing anything worthwhile, God? And, you know, it's a very natural thing to feel like. I just spoke about, just before I left, the Philippines, I just spoke about the life of Elijah when he got very discouraged after Mount Carmel and the showdown on Mount Carmel. Then Jezebel wanted to, you know, kill him. And so Elijah was very discouraged. And, you know, and I kind of, I related to Elijah, you know, that sometimes we can see amazing, God do amazing things and then suddenly feel really discouraged. And really, you know, what am I doing here? And, you know, and I, I just had to choose to push through that discouragement. I had to choose to kind of say, God, you know, I know you've called me here. I feel lonely. I feel isolated. I feel like, I'm, am I doing anything good? You know, because sometimes, you know, we can be discouraged. You know, sometimes things don't go the way we expect. Sometimes there are those times and periods where we kind of wonder what's going on. But I just chose to push through that with the, I said, God, I need you to help me. I need you to, to strengthen me. I need you to give me purpose again. And, and really, that was a, a tough, tough time. But about January in January, that's when my 40th birthday was, and my young people, they planned this most beautiful surprise for me. I, they, I knew they were up to something, because they kept on pushing me out the room, go away, go away, leave us, you know, and, and for me, like, it just turned my heart, because I realized that these kids were no longer just young people, they were my spiritual children, like, and I adored them, and I loved them very much, and you know they love me, which is nice as well. But you know, I think I love them more, and I've missed them a lot. I've missed, I've been mess- messaging them, like, oh, how are you? I miss you. Two weeks, and I'll be there. But you know, it's like that's when I knew that God had changed my heart. Like I had to push through that discouragement. I had to push through that. You know, there are times in our lives when we'll be discouraged. There are times when things aren't going to go the way we think they're going to go. We have to push on through and ask the Holy Spirit to get us through those times. Because, again, what is ahead is greater. And, you know, he gets, leads us glory to glory, doesn't he? Which means that even if it's harder, you know, there's more glory coming. And that's his promise to us. And so if any of you are discouraged, you know, my, my, my advice is to push on through. You know, get the Holy Spirit Come on, Holy Spirit, you and I, we're going to push through this, you know, because, and just find that place of rest and play, find that place of encouragement. For me, what turned me around was that birthday party. I suddenly realized I love these kids. I love them to bits, you know. I absolutely adore them. And I can't, I can't let go of that at the moment. I, you know, I want to be there to celebrate their highs and their lows. I want, to, I want to help them grow in their relationship with God. I want to help them in their schooling and encourage them in their life. And I wasn't ready to let go of that and that's helped me and so God will give you things to keep you encouraged and keep you moving and you know it's been great I've been home for three months and I'm I've loved my three months in the UK I've absolutely loved it but I am ready to go home to see my kids you know (laughs) and to um to see how the business is doing as well and said we've got the business that God's just you know put that on our hearts to do and you know and I'm also part of the Partners and Harvest Network. We are trying to build churches and well, build churches, but build up churches and strengthen churches in the Philippines gather more churches under the Partners and Harvest Network as well. We've just started doing that. When I go back, I've got a trip to Cagayan and Iligan planned with our pastor to go start gathering more pastors. It's amazing. So it's very exciting. but you know, there are times when, when God leads us. We don't understand what he's doing, but there's always a purpose. And I was sharing with Cheryl last night, I don't understand what those t- two years in Dumaguete are about, but I know if I hadn't have been to Dumaguete first, I would never have survived in Cebu. So there may not be a massive purpose sometimes, but God knows, he knows, he knew I needed two years in Dumaguete to, to prepare me for, because Cebu is very different. If I'd gone to Cebu first, I would have quit after six months, I'm being honest, you know, but because I'd been there a part of the culture understanding God had given me like grace for Cebu and I love it there now it's home their family I have Filipino family it's lovely but um and so that's really you know that's my story you know I'm still excited about what's going to happen and excited what God's going to do through me and uh and encouraging you you know God can use you God you know sometimes I'm amazed at what God does through me. Like, I kind of go, that's not me, that's not me. But, you know, it's God in you doing it, you know. Everything I've learned is because of what he's done in me. Everything I give away is what he's already done and what he's shown me. I can't give away what I don't have. So I just give what he's given me. And so all of you have got something to give because God has given you something. And we're all unique, so I love it. So it's, and you know, I was praying about this morning, and I felt like that there's something that God showed me for somebody. I don't know if it's anybody here. I'm just going to throw it out there. But I felt like there's so somebody here, or maybe a few people. I felt like there'd been a dream in your heart, a call on your life, and I felt like you'd given it up. And I just felt like God wanted to resurrect that this morning. Like there may be a call to missions, or maybe missions, or maybe something, maybe a dream. Because I just saw this like dead, kind of wilted plant and it's like I felt like God saying that someone's dream you've had a dream and you've kind of let reason maybe reason good reason why you shouldn't do it but God's saying no I gave you that dream I want to resurrect that this morning I don't have that anybody here that speaks to anybody but um I'd love to pray for some people I'd love to pray for all of you if that's okay but um it's specifically if anyone first of all if anyone want to respond to that picture does that speak to anybody at all Great. Yeah. So I'd love to pray for you if you want to come down later and I'll pray for you later. But um, you know, but I want to pray, how many of you would like to ha- surrender this morning? And okay, God, I surrender my plans, my dreams, my hopes. How many of you feel like, yeah, I'd like to do that and see where God takes you? Anybody kind of like, yes. That's a big risky thing to pray, by the way. You may end up in a whole other country. (laughs) Or you may end up staying here. That's fantastic. But, you know, I think we have to be willing to be led by the Spirit. You know, we have to be willing to allow him to take us where he wants to. And if anyone, again, is feeling discouraged, you know, I'd love to pray for you as well. I understand what that's like. So um, is there someone who can play some music? Would that be great? Thank you. Thank you. So why don't we stand together and I'll pray for you. So, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that oh, you are an amazing holy Spirit, and that God that God, you have many plans and purposes for our lives, and that God, all your plans are good Their plans are prosperous and plans to, not to harm us, but plans to give us a hope in the future God, I thank you that that's a promise from you and god, I thank you this morning that um you want to breathe on our our lives again God we want to breathe over us and and father if there's people here who want to like do you feel like you need to surrender your plans and your purposes to him why don't you just put your hands out like in a God I'm surrendering kind of thing you know pose and I want to pray for you You it's not easy to surrender your plans to God because you never know where he's going to take you but he whispered that to me you know what if what's ahead is greater than what's been left behind You know, so Father, I thank you this morning for those of us here who want to surrender. God, we come to you in surrender. We come to you, God, surrendering our plans, our hopes, our desires. God, we we surrender them, God, for a life that's led by the Spirit. We surrender them, God, for a life that's led by you. And God, maybe our lives won't look much different, but maybe they will. And so Father, we're willing to trust you We're willing to kind of allow your plans to, you know, come about rather than our plans. So just in your heart, just kind of see yourself giving your plans to Jesus. Say, okay, Jesus, have these plans. They they may be good plans, you know. Just give them to Jesus and surrender them to him. And Father, will you come and lead us by your Spirit? Will you come and take us in the direction that you have for us? Will you come and take us on a journey that's exciting? God, a journey that is from glory to glory. A journey that's full of fruit. Even God's, um, you know, full of things that we would never have expected from you so, Father, I ask for a blessing over these people. I ask God for dreams and visions to be reignited. I ask God for even dreams to be put in their hearts this morning. And I feel like God is saying to some of you, like, just go for it. Just go for it. You know, sometimes we're so afraid, but don't let fear hold you back anymore. You know, I was very fearful of moving to Cebu. I was very fearful. And I could have said No. But I knew that God had said to me, what is ahead is greater than what you've left behind. I knew that he was asking me, would you go? So Father, I just, you know, bind all fear right now. And Father, help us overcome that fear to, to come into the, the plans and the destiny that you have for us. And Father, help us not to compare our lives with others, but help us to be satisfied and at peace with who you've made us to be. Help us to really be at peace with the plans and purposes that you've given us. And it's like, feel like God's saying, do what you do and do it well. Don't worry about other people. Don't worry about other people are doing. Do what I've called you to do, because that's the greatest thing that you can do. Do what he's called you to do, not what other people are doing. What has he called you to do? So Father, just right now, again, just remove comparison off our our hearts, God. Help us not to compare or look at what other people are doing in, in their lives or in their fields, God, but help us to be Concentrated and concerned about what you're doing in our lives and in our fields, God. God, help us to just love you and be fixed on you and just worship you. And Father, if there's people here who are discouraged because maybe they haven't seen their dreams come to pass, or maybe they're lonely or maybe they're trying to push through something and they're finding it hard. Father, I ask right now for just the encouragement of the Holy Spirit to come over them. For Father, that you could strengthen them and give them the the strength to go on. And I feel like I can see God coming and and like, like he met Elijah and he gave him food to eat. And he, you know, he said, and he just, I just feel like God wants to strengthen you and lift you up this morning and say... Just come. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I will encourage you and I will lift your head again. I will put you back on the path. You know, and after Elijah met Jesus, met met God on the mountain at Mount Sinai, you know, God sent him back to his mission. And I feel like some of you here that the, the discouragement has come to kind of throw you off your mission and God is calling you this morning and lifting your head, lifting your hearts, encouraging you again and sending you back out to where he, sent, where he met you. He said, come back to your mission. So Father, this morning, just come, encourage our hearts. Holy Spirit, come. We thank you, Father, for all that you're going to do. We thank you, God, for, for your plans and purposes for our lives, Jesus.